to another mm, rambling episode I think is the correct terminology for uh, the show uh, another rambling episode of Best Miss is Never Disappointed uh, so it's been at least uh, two weeks maybe longer and uh, it's, it's, it's been an interesting couple of weeks good news, bad news um, I've just coming off the last day of a few days holiday. Um, and before I went on holiday, I when I say on holiday, I mean not going into work. I don't mean I've gone somewhere um, to stay anywhere or have a break. Just, just uh, you know, at home for the most part. But. Um, uh, we did manage to get out and we headed to the uh, MCM Expo in London, London Comic Con as it's otherwise known and um, it was strange second big event I've headed to this year so it's still a case of re-accustomizing myself to the general feel of, of big shows like that um, and it was it was also odd because you know, it just was slightly out of sync with what would have been ideal for me because I'm paid next the week after it was this past weekend and it's this weekend I'm paid so while I got to go and took my daughter and my partner with me um, th I had no money so you spend a lot of time just kind of wandering around looking what other people have done you know, the sort of cosplay they've dressed up as and seeing what sort of events are there and uh, walking past all these stands and food stalls and stuff and you know it's things you might want to pick up if not for yourself but for the people you have with you and you can't do anything so you feel like you're just wandering for about four or five hours looking at things you might think are cool but you can't do anything about um I think next time I'd like to go with money, <laughs> but um, you know, better planning next time. Uh, we did get to play a little of a couple of games there, uh, Tekken Seven, 
just ahead of its release uh, tomorrow, Friday. That was there. And uh, I didn't mind having a go on that, but um, once again, the, the curse of the expo, or the big event, was well underway, so you end up playing these games and not really getting the full experience because there's a queue of people or because it's sweaty and it's all warm especially on this past week it was so warm um, and it's loud and there's noise everywhere and you just you just can't hear the games so not that a five minute play on a, a couple of rounds of a game is a good judge of that game's qualities but um, from what I did play it was you know, more or less Tekken but with a few extra features it looked pretty nice um, we're planning on picking it up so I'll go a bit more in depth on that later on you know future episodes but um, yeah it was okay it was worth worth a look um, so from that uh, we'd managed to have a look at a couple of other games um, the latest iteration on the Guilty Gear uh, Exerd uh, series um, looks beautiful just as always but um, a few extra characters, a few new features um, and a game called 88 Heroes which casts you as 88 different heroes all very different from each other it's like a 2D platform semi puzzly more uh, time based more along the lines of Meat Boy as in the level itself is the challenge more than there's a puzzle in each level but each character has a different set of abilities you know one button based sort of stuff but all vastly different so um, that was unique and funny and, and worth looking at um, and I, I'm looking forward to picking up a copy of the full title they seem to have a copy of it on disc there available for sale but um, once again no money so there's not going to be any reviews or anything today um, before that uh, we uh, headed out and um, what did we see we saw Mindhorn um, I think I may have mentioned that before but it which was uh, funny enough, uh, you know, surrealist humour is is what I'm any anyway. But it was definitely, um, I mean, it's not perfect, right? But compared to many of the films I've seen this year, it was at least funny in areas and entertaining enough. It was short, so it didn't overstay its welcome. Maybe it could have been a bit shorter, but um, you know, not ideal, not perfect, but harmless really at the end of the day. Um, and uh, also Alien Covenant now anybody who knows anything about me knows I'm a bit of a fan of the Alien films so I drink a water and um, I mean I'm even somebody who is willing to forgive the Alien vs Predator films I won't say that they're any good, generally, but, uh, you know, 
the first one as a relatively coherent script and story, even if it isn't exactly a great film. And, you know, you can't consider that one canon at all. Um, and the second one, yeah, I mean, all it's got going for it is its willingness to be more shocking than the first or to try and be gory and bloody and mature but not not in the right sort of areas which is something that also kind of hangs over Covenant but we'll get to that <laughs> um, and I mean it has an awful f- script don't get me wrong it's, it's not a good film but if you kind of ignore the storyline and you s- just see this as kind of a very shallow version of Aliens and Predators from those two franchises kind of meeting up and this just big area that they happen to be in it's not the best version of what that could have been but it's it's doing what you would expect it to do if you were just going in not expecting much you know um, so I, I don't I don't give those films as much of a beating as other people do to be fair, I have only seen the uh, uncut version of Requiem, the second film. So there's more violence, more higher levels of gore. You know, there's a scene in the uncut version where a girl gets accidentally killed and and speared against a wall. And in the uncut version, for example, she gets cut in half. Um, but in the less cut, ver- the, the less cut. What's that even? The uh, cut version. She's just spitting against the wall, but you sh- she's still, you know, in one piece, more or less. She's just being killed. You know, it doesn't make sense. This is like I'm recording this at like ten fifty. Anyway, you get what I mean. At least with the the version I've seen. It's trying to lean for a more adult, if not more mature, um, film. Uh, leaning more towards the whole predator side of violence and maturity than the alien side of things. You know, Predator's always been that more, slightly more violent action movie um, series, which is fine. You know, I like both Predator films. And yes, I honestly like the second film. Yeah, people are going to give me shit about that if they, they get the time or inclination. Anyway, but um, they aren't exactly, you know, rocket science. They're not in-depth. They're not intelligent. They don't think about things. So it's not an attempt to, anyway. But with the first three Alien films, and yes, I do like Alien 3, both versions of it, the cut I want to see is the... Uh, um, alternative cut that's available I don't watch the theatrical cut but I appreciate the theatrical cut once again more than most people do um, so uh, you know there's an element of thought that goes into the alien films more than just it's not like a cerebral thriller but there's tension there's, there's, there's um, moles going on there's there's messaging in each film you know about certain things um, and each film has its you know a unique voice but still kind of ties into the feel of the series in its own way 
Um, but there's been this sort of desperate need to kind of continuously build upon the series, and it's become mired in a lot of stuff. I mean, mentioning the first three films, I'm even willing to um, say that the fourth film is okay. I don't mind it. I find it to be a matter of perspective as to whether or not you would appreciate the point and the the style and the everything that happens in that film. Um, especially when you take into account its director, what they've done and would go on to do. Again, I don't think it's such a, an insult. I think people just... The problem is they were Alien fans and they were fans of Alien who are movie buffs or movie fans. A kind of waver between the two. And, um, yeah, I, I, I appreciate the fourth film uh, for its uniqueness. <laughs> but we've gone round the long way. So, um, you know, that whole mystery from the first Alien with the, what's now been dubbed the Space Jockey from the crash ship on the planet LV-426, I think, or something with Alien 3, I can never remember. Anyway, um, no, that was Fury something, something, something. Anyway, that whole mystery built around the space jockey. I liked the idea of Scott going in and looking at a film that, that is about that mystery. Who was that creature in that seat? That massive space um, traveller. Who was that? You know, And I appreciate again, that's another word I'm going to use a lot tonight. I appreciate Prometheus for attempting to do something interesting around that. I maybe would have appreciated seeing one of the earlier sort of versions of that film, but it was trying, you know. Um, and it's a, you know, after everything else, it's a beautiful film to look at. And if there's anything that that this uh, newer Alien and Prometheus crossover sequel, whatever you want to call it, takes from Prometheus is that it's also almost constantly a beautiful film to look at. Cinematography is is top notch at all times, um, especially in the early uh, half of the film. I'd say it's it's less noticeable in the second half, um, and it feels like maybe it's a bit of a rush job. Uh, much later uh, but you know it's still amazing cinematography and that's one thing that you can take away is that the Alien films no matter how unique they became they all generally have great cinematography now I'm saying mainline Alien films but you know but Prometheus had a more artistic more sombre still um, beauty to it that it carries over into Alien Covenant now as for the rest of the film it's something that 
it, it carries the weight of too much with regards to Prometheus you know having to drag along this sort of lingering questions from that film because you come out of that film and the um, stories behind and after it you know swirling around it that there's going to be a second film and it's going to go to another alien world and it's going to feature the two characters that survive Prometheus and it sounds like it's going to be yet more of this philosophical and um, interesting side of things the the that there must be a script or a story or some sort of basis for that you know original film um, Paradise out there that would be amazing to read it would probably make a really interesting film and the fact that for whatever reason fan pressure studio pressure um, director deciding to change his mind last minute and try and tie everything all together because you know not only is this Alien and Prometheus series kind of merged but also you know it's kind of tied up with some of Blade Runner's world on the periphery if you know where to look uh, it's all those things all kind of tying together and he's trying to merge these into one you know super universe um it's just th the weight of both of those films it's just crushing it and you you can see what is uh, too many ideas none of them properly formed it's kind of tugging at the the creative ideas behind this film and that and each individual scene has some merit you know there are ideas and things going on in the, in the film that are worthwhile but as a whole it just kind of meanders on it doesn't it goes in expecting you to have watched Prometheus which less people have done and know that Prometheus is part of the Alien series which again people are less likely to do if you take into account there are maybe some people who are fans of the original Alien when it came out who've kind of hung on just to watch films because they were good or interesting but they aren't like looking up all these bits of information so you go in and you're expected to know these characters if you happen to have seen Alien generally and Prometheus and it's more of a sequel to Prometheus to start off with especially with regards to the characters and the cast and everything that happens to them but it's carrying the name Alien so people are going to go in maybe people who haven't done the research or looked up things online and they're going to expect more of an Alien film and it's it's hard to know quite what this is you know there are elements of Alien in it and more so than there are elements of Alien that were in Prometheus elements that maybe shouldn't have been in Prometheus the tease at the end with uh, um, the uh, engineer giving birth to one of these xenomorph like creatures yeah you know maybe that shouldn't have been in there it's a fun tease but then people overthink these things and oh it definitely has to feature aliens in the next film and the second you have to feature the xenomorph aliens then 
you definitely have to call it alien, you know. And that's it's just it's bogged down with its own history and and too many uh, strands tugging at things. And this film only serves to create more strands, more problems, because if it is considered canon, which it apparently is, um, then it's like it's rewriting what and those of people who do care um, have seen as the creature's you know canonical, canonical ugh, I can never say that canonical history um, where it comes from where it's assumed to come from there's a loss of the mystery there but there's also kind of a confusion with the beginnings of the series in the first film like, and, and the second film gets into the question Ridley Scott's director's cut version of Alien that already creates questions that it shouldn't need to it kind of brings into doubt the events of Aliens and then the necessity for an alien queen where in Aliens it feels like they're kind of the equivalent of ants and you know the, the drones are going out and collecting more you know, meat for uh, the queen and the rest of the drones to feed on, and also hosts for, for more, you know, drones and um, aliens in in both Prometheus and Alien. For me, Alien, up until the director's cut was released relatively recently, within the last couple of decades considering how old Alien is, you know, if you wait 20 years to reveal this thing after several films have come out, it kind of messes things up. But in, a, in the director's cut version of Alien, you've got scenes that bring into doubt the need for an alien queen. It kind of confuses the point of calling eggs eggs, but we'll get onto that at some other point, I'm sure. But then you've got Prometheus, well, there's a lack of a queen once again and you've got a character you know directly involved in the creation of what we see as the proto species before the xenomorphs that turn up in the later or earlier films depending on if you're talking timeline or history um, so that as a fan who has followed these things you've you've got to come out scratching your head like Okay, <coughs> so where do the aliens come from? These are the real aliens, and there's another version. There's, what's going on here? I don't understand. This has confused the whole story. And if this had been a TV series, you wouldn't go in like uh, the alien TV series, the, f the sixth episode, and then go, oh, just ignore episodes two through five because we've changed it now for no reason. Unless it was something like Sliders where. You're like, oh, there's another universe, so there's different rules. So you, you're leaving with all these questions. And then there's questions with regards to... Now, the film ends on such a way where there are potential storylines that could go on to another film. And then you've got the, the mystery of the engineer in the, the first Alien. Where you're you're saying, well, 
if if the reason those eggs exist is because the engineer had a xenomorph burst out of him because the the crew of if you haven't seen alien i'm sorry spoilers but the crew of the nostromo find an engineer or what is known as the space jockey in the first film with a hole in his chest because assumedly an alien has burst out of his chest and it we assume it's the queen because there's no other life forms yet there are eggs everywhere but it could just be another one of these adult non-queen ones if it's Ridley's universe either way the engineer had a alien chest burster in his chest which burst out and it had victims or was a queen that laid eggs so if the end of this film is to be believed then either the ending of this story the covenant story moves on to have another series of events involving aliens that is very similar to what caused the beginning of alien or there's going to be another chain link or maybe third option is just poor writing and planning because otherwise this is kind of retconning the first film while insisting it's still canon with it so people going in and and beyond you know following the whole series either you're going in with no knowledge of any of the films in which case you don't know what's going on with some of the characters or you're going in with knowledge of the alien films and not Prometheus in other case you don't know any of the characters again <laughs> but you kind of get the vibe of what it's doing but you, there's philosophical philosophical stuff in there that's confusing and it's it's coming up with an ending that retcons the entirety of the film series you like and why you went to see this one and that's just uh, it's just all over the place it's just all over the place and that's before we get on to the terrible CGI mostly I mean I will admit the first chestburster in the first film even back then looked ridiculous as a puppet but at least it, it was there physically you could tell it was physically there um, the the aliens the youth or young chestburster aliens or backburster in this case or face burster in one case I think um, they, they don't look like they're there they look kind of ridiculous as well they look kind of like really goofy sort of skinned cat monsters with really off out of place uh, CGI and f from all accounts or from what I've heard physical practical puppets and effects were used in some of those scenes but they were just replaced with CGI which makes this all the more confusing as to why it looks so bad but you know you've got these these sort of real pale sort of alien creatures kind of running around and they look kind of out of place I mean they the general design is is unique it's nice you know, nice as and a monster that bursts out of people's bodies can look, but it's, uh, it's one of a kind. It's you know original. The argument isn't that there's a problem with the design itself, but the implementation of that design in CGI. It just 
doesn't look right at all. It looks laughable. And and I've seen the argument that, you know, at least this film is gory. It's uh, it's mature. It's adult, but it doesn't make up for the quality of what you're seeing. You know, it just it's just gore for extra gore's sake. And when you take into account that, you know, in America this is an R, but over here in the UK, I don't know if there's been cuts, but it's only a 15, right? The original Alien came out as an 18 until very recently. Um, well, it was reclassified to a 15. It's like the gore, the blood, isn't making any difference. It's just, it's just there to kind of distract from what's actually missing from the film, which is any sort of sense of tension, believability, um, quality to the storytelling or the visuals. There's a, there's a moment where a more traditional-esque proto-xenomorph uh, is moving around a space, let's say, because I don't want to give too many spoilers away. And we get the director's idea of what should be happening, which is viewing from its eyes. But unlike Alien 3, where we just saw in front of it where it was moving, without any sort of imaginative take on that we get what we assume the filmmakers think we should think the xenomorph can see or sense which is just kind of a blurrier version of reality and it's really out of place it's really off-putting you're seeing this kind of camera trundling through the camera's eye view trundling through this area it's just kind of foggy, you know. If we, if our eyes saw fog that was coloured in the way the world is, that's a really weird way of describing. It. I'm sure you can see footage online of it if you want to look it up. But it's really out of place and ridiculous. And you just find yourself thinking either you should have not done this, done it like it had been done in the past, so you've got feel of where it is or what it's kind of tracking but you're not getting a sense of what you can literally see you know it's a um, sort of abstract version of what you can see like just seeing the camera move on a steady cam like like moving around walls that worked really well for three why why not just do something similar to that again yeah I can understand maybe having new technology gives you the opportunity to do something different but you know test it test what that how that feels to people because if you're only showing it to people you're working with on a film, they're probably just going to say, yeah, that looks great, weirdly, you know, <laughs> um, and not tell you from a more passionate standpoint that the truth from a, a sense of distance. I'm almost talking to Ridley Scott now. But beyond that, like, the third thing is, why not just be more drastic? If you're going to deliberately create a visual version of what you think the aliens should see this is a creature that doesn't clearly does not have normal eyes right so why not create something far more abstract something that, that really conjures up some imagination from both the people creating that visual and also the people viewing the film something truly one of a kind you know because this is a creature that doesn't exist anywhere else in nature why not just invent something unique for it 
but no, it's kind of just like a very blurry version of a camera, you know, for all, all an eye could see. So, like, we've sent an old lady with cataracts and asked her to describe everything, and, and it's it's only faintly off because she's only just started getting problems with her eyes, but she's going to do her best, yeah. It just it just felt wrong on many levels, um, and I think even taking into account the god awful sort of story in Alien versus Predator Two and some of the problems there, this is far more of a disappointment than those films are because it could have been something really unique and special. I I think. I think a new Ridley Scott Alien film could have been something unique and special. And I think a new sequel to Prometheus could have been something unique and special, one of a kind. Built upon what that film had done. But this thing, which is a weird mix of both, is a disappointment to both of those potentials and is worse based on expectations and and you know to be honest some nice not perfect but okay marketing like the poster the really stylish beautiful poster that's, that's going around um, promoting the film and and some of the trailer stuff you know that there was potential there um, and it feels like it's just it's not only not been you know, it, it not only has it been squandered, it's just muddled. It's a mess, you know. And at least going into Alien vs. Predator, you knew it was going to be a pretty bad hiccups, sorry. A pretty bad B movie. God, I'd, I'd probably prefer to have seen B movie than, than compared to seeing this and making lots of poppy noises. I'm going to finish my water and then we can move on. Where were we? So, um, let's move away from Alien Covenant because it's just bringing me down more than normal. Um, so, yes, uh, WWE, uh, NXT TakeOver, and the um, UK special, the um, it was kind of a semi. Um, pay-per-view quality sort of event just exclusive to the, the network both of them were on this last week and quite frankly the the UK stuff especially if you take into account the UK championship matches both one on the UK special and one on NXT TakeOver were some of the best matches the last year and a half two years <laughs> the, oh, just the quality of the, the shows have been amazing um, every takeover seems to be you know super high quality super amazing show when compared to the <sighs> wasting of 
talent and creative dross that the main roster shows are pumping out it's just there's no competition and you find yourself wondering why is that NXT just the show right a developmental one hour long if that weekly show from the same company can be so pitch perfect really high quality as in writing entertainment you know for professional wrestling but how that show can be so much better than five hours combined um, content from the main roster shows I mean th- there is the the fact that you have less adverts keyword there being less because the network despite being paid for is still a, a f- thing that forces adverts on its viewers which boggles my mind like what why am I paying a subscription for something where you're getting paid revenue from advertisers anyway that's just like that's an insult to the people paying their money especially when you know in the UK there aren't even adapting the the network for UK viewers at least on Netflix there is a difference between what the UK viewers and the American viewers and different regions get I don't think there should be you know but there's a functional differences you know with the WWE network you're getting exactly the same content including exactly the same adverts so in the UK you're sitting there watching adverts for stuff you you can't access or buy or is it's being sold to you and you can't possibly be a consumer of it like why are you trying to sell me this thing I, I can't even access it's, it doesn't make it's just, it's just insulting to an extent I don't know I have problems with you know pay for subscription services across the board that force adverts upon viewers you know but um, it seems nobody is there are bigger problems may I point out than that in the world to deal with but there's n- just nobody else seems to be bothered you know so people just sit back and take it and then we get more and more of it you know and you think as consumers you'd you'd be able to say something about it and then there'd be enough of a voice where it would change or you'd see it less often or it'd only be for stuff that they're producing just to remind people these things are on their network but no it's just it's all over the place still and nobody does anything I mean yes again I would like to point out I do know that there are more important things but uh, you know the little things have to be looked to be pointed out to people sometimes anyway um, this last NXT takeover was maybe a little underwhelming and that's only because all the others have been top notch and because you know it, it seemed to go into the show with less behind it 
My boxing just popped at me. So you didn't have the for the show kind of the build up that that you would normally have to uh, take over a show. Saying that, like I say, the UK Championship match just it's just one of the matches of the year. Completely blew me away. Just had had me marking out constantly. I should start using wrestling terminology. God, I'd be such a loser if I did. <laughs> no offense, wrestling fans, but you know, we all know, we all know. It's it's ugh. um, not to say that any other matches on that show were were bad or anything. They were just good, very good. Depending, some of them ran or felt felt like they ran a bit long, but this was the first takeover in a while that I didn't stay out for. Talking about staying up, I just had a yawn then. So, you know, I don't know. It was okay, but nothing special. You know, good ending, nice heel turn at the end from uh, DIY as uh, Tomasa Champa um, turned on uh, Johnny Gargano after the great ladder match against uh, the guys whose names I forget suddenly you know if I'd done more planning for this show I could talk at length and be more interesting but no I'm I wait until almost midnight I get exhausted and I forget almost everything I want to talk about it doesn't help at the moment I've got loads of stuff going on when I have to get up early tomorrow to go to work um, because I'm, I'm I've been given a uh chance at management so now I'm earning more and so doing longer hours but my the numbers of days I do and hours I do overall have gone down so I'm earning more generally and having to do less hours it's really confusing so you know I suppose that's something good news you know I am now you know a team leader as as part of a small group of management members and you know Earning a little bit more from that, you know. Hopefully, I can spend the extra time from being part-time instead of full-time. Um, you know, plotting out episodes a bit better, doing some more creative stuff, getting a PC that allows me to record microphone levels at the actual level they're recording at instead of whatever it is this PC is doing to make them five times quieter, meaning I have to amplify them and fiddle with them later. in a non-weird way and it's funny you know you get the good news and the bad news together it's like oh you're getting a promotion and a raise mate but um, then I, I'm waiting on finding out whether or not I've got a serious problem with a lump on a part of my body that I'm not going to talk about um, waiting for for doctors in the hospital to contact me back to let me know when I'm going to get proper scans and tests done and I'm sitting here seeing it become slightly more pronounced and not knowing what the hell it is or what to do and where 
you know, these people who are supposedly going to be helping me with this potential problem are, and and how long I'm going to be waiting. So it's, it's like this weird sort of dichotomy of of incredible positivity and energy and then worry and draining and exhaustion and then I want to create things like this show and there's a certain allowance for downness because it's kind of in the name and I, I can't fake positivity and I can't sound like a YouTube personality because I don't have a physical voice box that allows for that you know I know how you're supposed to greet people when you make a YouTube video you're supposed to wait for five seconds and you're supposed to go hey everybody welcome to another go around listen to a few YouTube videos almost all of them start the same way oh, there's no imagination there and I suppose it works you know I just can't fake it and I don't want to insult people by faking it so I sound absolutely <laughs> miserable when I make these shows and this audio's off and the mics are terrible and so hopefully you know at least with this good news with the money I can get better equipment create better content and then god I hate them, them phrases but it's the best words I can use you know create better content and uh, start sitting down and making something really good with the show. But these first few shows, ooh, teething problems, I'm sure. And in fact, uh, it's so late, I'm not going to bother editing beyond adding music and, and, you know, trimming off the end and the beginning. Anyway, so yes, in short, my favorite, one of my favorite movie series aren't very good at the moment. And professional wrestling, something I've gotten back into in the last couple of years, hasn't been good for a very long time, but there are kind of some good things happening in it. You know, things aren't great, but there are good things tucked away. I'd like to start finding that stuff now, I think. Hopefully, fingers crossed. I think we're going to go and have a drink and then go to bed. Yeah.